This is The Source. I'm Pamela Brown in for Caitlin Collins on assignment tonight. Israel's cabinet just approved a deal to free some hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. It was approved by a significant majority, according to a source. And as part of the deal, at least 50 hostages, women and children, would be released in exchange for a four-day halt in Israel's air and ground campaign. The statement from the Israeli government made no mention of the release of Palestinian prisoners thought to be a key part of this deal. We have team coverage with the very latest. Matthew Chance is live in Israel. Becky Anderson is in Qatar, which has been a mediator in the talks. And Chief National Security Correspondent Alex Marquardt is with me here in Washington. But let's start with CNN Chief Global Affairs Correspondent Matthew Chance in Tel Aviv. So, Matthew, the cabinet met for several hours, finally approving the deal. What do we know? Yeah, seven hours, uh, which is how long it took the 38-member uh, cabinet to, uh, to debate uh, the various details of the deal uh, that was agreed with Qatari mediation, of course, with, with, the, with the Palestinian group uh, Hamas. It involves the release of 50-plus um, hostages from the Gaza Strip uh, over a course of four days. There'll be what the Israeli government says is a lull in fighting. They don't want to call it a ceasefire, but that's effectively uh, what, what it will amount to um, for that period. Um, and it was, there's a possibility of that lull in fighting being extended uh, by a day for every 10 further hostages uh, the Palestinian group Hamas uh, decide uh, to or agree to uh, release. And so uh, that was the, the essence of, of the deal. In exchange for that, of course, uh, the Palestinians would be getting the release of, they didn't mention this, the Israeli government didn't mention this, but the, the, the expectation is, is that some 150 or so uh, Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails will be released uh, in a staggered way in, in, you know, alongside the releases of, of hostages. And so that deal has now been done, it, it seems. There is a, a pause, a legal pause that has to be implemented now for at least 24 hours to allow appeals in the Supreme Court of Israel, appeals relating particularly uh, to the release of Palestinian prisoners. Um, that's something that, 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 that is, is a legal obstacle that, that remains. But it's not expected to, to stop this deal uh, going ahead because as far as we're concerned now, a significant majority, as we've been hearing from our Israeli sources uh, of the cabinet, approved this deal and it has essentially uh, been green-lighted, Pam. All right, Matthew Chance, thank you so, so much to learn how this is all going to play out. So for more on that, let's go now to CNN's Becky Anderson in Doha. And Becky, you have been following the negotiations for days, talking to your sources. Explain how this deal was reached and what it looks like now and moving forward. Well, let's talk about what it looks like now and moving forward before we back into how we got to where we are today. What we understand and what we know now is that this deal has been approved by the Israeli government. What we don't have is any detail on one, when this pause will start um, and therefore when we are likely to start seeing these hostages released. In fact, that is one of the reasons that the uh, the Qataris, the mediation team here, hasn't actually officially announced uh, that uh, this deal uh, is now in play. 
um, and as I understand it from a diplomatic source very close to those talks, uh, they've said that um, the details on when the pause starts are still unclear. So no response yet, no statement yet from this Kateri mediation team who has been working night and day, I have to say, uh, in mediating between Israel and Hamas with support from the United States. We know that the uh, the Mossad head, David Bonaire, has been in here, Bill Burns, the head of the CIA, uh, been working very closely uh, with both Israel and the uh, Qatar mediation team to try and get these talks over the line. So when this pause will start is still unclear. My understanding is, the hope is, that this will be within 24 hours. This deal, um, this proposal on a deal, was delivered to the Israelis 24 hours ago now. So the Israelis have, have known about the, the, the complete details of a deal as delivered by Qatar and agreed upon by Hamas now for 24 hours. And as we've been reporting, it's taken seven hours to get it through the Israeli government to get approval on this deal. So as we wait at this point, uh, for details on when this pause will begin, and obviously, um, you know, details on, therefore, when we will see the first hostages. What we do understand and what we've been told by diplomatic sources is it is very likely you will see a lot of children in this first phase. And it does sound now as if we've uh, got close to the numbers. Uh, of that 50, we are looking at something like 30 uh, children or young teenagers, um, 12 mothers and eight other women at this stage. So, so this is very specifically designed around women and children being held by Hamas. How do we get here? Well, it's been many make weeks in the making. The Israelis from the outset have absolutely demanded, as we understand it, uh, that the, uh, the names and the IDs of people of being held by um, Hamas uh, would be delivered to the mediators and then um, anybody else that they could identify and provide some proof of life of being held possibly by other groups. That now seems to be in play. That seems to be something that's been agreed upon by Hamas, which is a, which is a demand that the Israelis had made. On the flip side, as we understand it, a week ago when the Israelis started their assault on al-Shifa, the raids on al-Shifa, that became, uh, that, that provided a really difficult period for mediators because Hamas was absolutely uh, determined that they were not going to sign up to a deal while that, those raids were going on. Of course, those raids were completed by the Israelis, to, as far as the Israelis are concerned, uh, just on Sunday or Monday of this week. And that is when this proposal um, went back uh, to the Israelis, as I say, on, on Monday night, Tuesday morning, very early. And we are now, what, five o'clock in the morning here on Wednesday. Um, and this deal now agreed in principle by the Israelis. But be clear, there is no detail as of yet provided by the Israelis, nor do Qatar have an announcement yet until they get detail on when this pause begins. And that at the moment is still unclear. Yeah, it's still, we should remind our viewers, still a very delicate situation, even with the approval from, from the Israeli government and the other side, mm. you know, um, until these hostages 
across the border, right? It's it's not essentially a done deal. Becky Anderson, thank you so much for your tireless reporting, working overnight there in Doha to bring the latest to you. Alex Marquardt is here with us now in Washington. You heard Becky make mention of the U.S. role in all of this. Netanyahu, for his part, thanked President Biden for his help with getting a better deal, essentially. So tell us more about Biden's involvement in the U.S. administration at large. Yeah, I think that comment by Netanyahu earlier tonight before going into this cabinet meeting was quite telling. And what he specifically said in thanking President Biden was that, as you say, that that he helped Israel get a better deal, more hostages, Netanyahu said, at a smaller cost to Israel. Now, the U.S. had a central role here for a couple of reasons, not least because there are some 10 Americans who are believed to be hostages. They are missing. Uh, the youngest among them is, is someone who has been mentioned by President Biden, uh, young Abigail Idan. She's just three years old. She's turning four on Friday. There is a hope, there's an expectation that she would be released in, in this first phase of, of these 50 uh, hostages that, that we believe will be coming out in, in the coming days. But of course, the U.S. also plays an extremely pivotal role, a strong role um, in, in that part of the world. There's, they have a lot of leverage with the different players uh, involved here, speaking directly, of course, with Egypt, with uh, Israel, with Qatar. Now, the U.S. does not speak with Hamas because it, it is considered to be a terrorist organization. That is why Qatar has been deputized, essentially, to, to carry out the conversations uh, with Hamas. But, but where needed, when needed, the U.S. can put pressure on those different countries. Now, some of the senior most members of the Biden administration have been involved in trying to get this deal across the finish line. We saw the most senior uh, Middle East advisor for the White House, Brett McGurk. He just got back from a tour of the Middle East that included a stop in, in Qatar where he talked about uh, the, the, the hostage negotiations. Bill Burns, who Becky just mentioned, the director of the CIA, he has been absolutely pivotal and central uh, in these negotiations, talking with his uh, Israeli counterpart, meeting with his Israeli counterpart, with the uh, Qatari prime minister in, in Doha. Uh, we understand from the, the White House that President Biden has requested updates daily, um, re regular updates, and, and deciding when to personally get involved. He has made numerous calls to the leaders of Egypt, uh, of Israel, and, and of Qatar. Now, we do hope that there will be. The administration is certainly hoping that some Americans will be part of uh, this, this release, but we can certainly expect the U.S. to continue its participation as they continue to negotiate for what we believe will be still the vast majority of those hostages who are still being held by Hamas. And that's important context, too. Uh, thank you so much, Alex. And as Alex mentioned, uh, it's believed 10 Americans are held hostage, and that youngest American um, is the three-year-old little girl, Abigail Adon. She could be released in this potential deal. Abigail's great aunt, Liz Hirsch Naftali, joins us now. We should note President Biden appointed Liz to the U.S. Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad last year. Thank you for coming on. In the wake of this approved deal, have you heard anything from officials yet? We have heard what you have heard. Um, just listening to the people speaking before me is basically the only information that we have at this time. How hopeful are you that Abigail will be released? Well, I am very hopeful. Our family is hopeful. And, you know, it's been 45 days since Abigail was abducted, taken to Gaza. 45 days ago, her mother and father were murdered by Hamas terrorists. This little three-year-old is somewhere in Gaza. I hope that she is with the mother um, that was taking care of her 
at that time with her own three kids. And I just hope that Abigail is being taken care of and, and loved and that this deal will follow through and that these hostages, these children will be back home with their families in the next couple of days. Again, you know, we don't know who exactly will be released as part of this deal other than the majority being children and women. Um, but of course, you must prepare for this possibility, right? And, and of course, holding out hope that Abigail will be released as part of this deal. What are the discussions like among the family right now about welcoming her back in after going through such a traumatizing experience for a three-year-old? I have a three-year-old. I, I just can't imagine. Exactly. You have a three-year-old. Can you imagine that your three-year-old would be with another mother and her three kids for 45 days? I mean, it's excruciating. Um, and for our family, we have spent the last seven weeks, seven weeks, worrying, wondering, praying, hoping. Abigail has a sister who is six, a brother who is 10. These two children saw their parents both be murdered. They spent 14 hours in a closet on the 7th of October hiding. The one thing that we all hold on to is that hope now that Abigail comes home. She comes home by Friday. Friday is her fourth birthday. And that's, there's nobody that's giving up hope. It's just that we actually need to see Abigail come out and then we will be able to be, to believe it. You know, it's, we've, we've had, we, we've spent all day today and we've watched the news and we've joined the news and we're still at this place where we, we haven't seen, we don't know any details about any of our hostages. And so I hope that starting tomorrow, we'll start to learn more about these hostages and that we'll start to see children, women, uh, be the first group that is released. We all are hoping and praying she will be released and be able to celebrate her fourth birthday on Friday with her family. Liz Naftali, thank you for coming on. Um, we are all just thinking about you and your family right now as we await more word about who will be released as part of this deal. Thank you. Well, thank you, and thank you for, thank you for sharing the story. So what will a pause in the fighting mean for the overall war? Would it be a setback for Israel or Hamas? what Prime Minister Netanyahu is saying tonight. And an IDF spokesman is here with me next with more on this breaking news. We'll be right back. Back with our breaking news, Israel's cabinet voting to approve a hostage release deal with Hamas after nearly seven hours of deliberation. And this just in from Hamas. In a statement, it says, as part of this deal, 150 Palestinian prisoners will be released from Israeli jails. According to Hamas, the prisoners to be released are women and children aged 18 years and younger. Joining us now to discuss all of this is IDF spokesman Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricas. Thank you for coming on. First off, what can you tell us about this new hostage deal just being approved by the Israeli cabinet tonight? And when can we expect the pause to begin? Thank you for having me. Um, I think that uh, there's a process of it uh, coming into effect. I understand that there's also a short time window for people to appeal, uh, but that is really outside of the bounds of the military. 
What we will be focusing on is, of course, on Hamas and its military activities. Uh, until we will be told to do so by the Israeli government, we will continue fighting Hamas. And when such a deal will come into effect, we will respect that. But we will be very vigilant on the ground because we have uh, bad experiences with Hamas from 2014 when they violated an uh, internationally brokered ceasefire. So we know that we will have to be vigilant on the ground as we see this unfold. Hopefully, we will see the safe return of Israeli hostages from 46 days of captivity at the hands of Hamas. When do you expect the earliest would be for any of these hostages to be released, potentially? Um, and would Israel wait for the hostage actually cross the border before the pause goes into effect? Yeah, so those details will still have to be worked out. You know, the government just approved it. Now we will have to translate it on the ground to activities. I can assure you that we will be respectful of any agreement and we will honor the commitments made by the Israeli government. I can only hope that our enemies will do the same. Based on their past behavior, uh, I am not so hopeful and we will be vigilant. Hopefully this will happen as soon as possible. Every minute matters. And for the families waiting for the loved ones to return, these children, women, babies, and infants that have been in Hamas captivity for so long, for them, every minute, matter, every minute matters, and we will do everything to facilitate it as fast and as uh, seamlessly as possible. I know you, you said the details are still being ironed out and you're speaking on behalf of the military, but I have to ask, uh, do you have a sense of who the hostages are that could be released beyond just children and women? We just spoke to the um, uh, the great aunt of the three-year-old little American girl, uh, Abigail Adan. There's a, a lot of questions about what names are on that list to be released. Has Hamas handed that over? Uh, not that I am aware of at this stage, and I can uh, think and assume that Hamas will continue with their psychological warfare efforts and they will make things as painful and as excruciating as they can for the families. I don't think that they will be humane and fair. Uh, they, After all, they abducted civilians, so why would they begin so, uh, to act humanely now? Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we will get the list. I do know that all of the people on the list, according to what I have, are Israelis. Some of them with dual nationalities, but all are Israelis. So some of them with dual nationalities, do you know if any of the dual nationalities are American? I don't have confirmed information about that at this stage. Okay. Uh, what about the list of Palestinian prisoners? You, I mentioned at the top that Hamas has said as part of this 150 Palestinian uh, prisoners will be released. Um, when will we find out the names of that? Because as you pointed out, there's a 24-hour appeal process for anyone who wants to go to court about this. And, and tell us about how they were selected. I mean, history has told you in the past for the release of the Israeli soldier, I believe in 2011, a Palestinian prisoner that was released as part of that is believed to be part of the mastermind of this terrorist attack on October 7th. You are absolutely correct. Yichya Sinwar, the butcher of Khan Yunus and the mastermind behind many of the horrible things that are unfolding since October the 7th, was indeed released in that uh, latest, uh, latest uh, hostage deal. Uh, the Corporal Gilad Shalit was uh, returned to Israel and more than a thousand Hamas 
captives and prisoners and terrorists were returned. Uh, hopefully we are not going to make that same mistake. And what I know is that the Palestinians that are being uh, freed from uh, uh, prisons uh, are not at all that caliber of terrorists that we were talking about before, uh, not uh, serious uh, offenders. Uh, and once I will have that list, of course, we will be able to share it. I do not have that list just yet. And you don't know when it will be released, correct? Momentarily, I suppose. But okay. uh, as you said correctly, there's this process of appeal, which needs to be uh, followed. And then I think everything will be made uh, official. Are you worried that the pause in fighting for the hostage release could be a setback for the IDF and give Hamas time to regroup? Yeah, you know, one would hope that uh, Hamas has been um, asking or pleading for this pause for many days now. One would hope that they would uh, use it in order to care for civilians in, in the southern Gaza Strip and uh, take care of their needs. Uh, but I think one would be naive in doing so. Uh, Hamas, they don't care about the uh, Palestinians. They don't care about their humanitarian needs. And uh, I fear that Hamas will use the pause in fighting in order to try to resupply and regroup. Um, of course, we would rather continue to apply pressure on Hamas, continue to fight them and defeat them in their strongholds, as we are doing in northern Gaza City. But this uh, pause is, of course, for a very, very important cause. And that is why the IDF said clearly on record to the Israeli government that we do support it. And of course, we want to see the hostages back and any means in achieving that is uh, worthwhile doing. We will be vigilant on the ground and we will continue to monitor Hamas activities if they uh, will try to violate. And of course, we will be ready for any such violation and respond accordingly. All right, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conriquez from the IDF, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Much more tonight on the major breakthrough in this war. A former Israeli national security advisor is here with us, and he can help walk us through this deal and what comes next. We'll be right back. And back with our breaking news, Israel's newly approved deal with Hamas that would see the release of at least 50 hostages, women and children in exchange for a four-day truce. CNN's Jeremy Diamond is in Starot, Israel, right near the Gaza border. Jeremy, what have you learned? Well, as you said, Pam, Israel's cabinet has finally approved this deal that would see the release of 50 women and children in exchange for a four-day pause in the fighting. There is also a component of releasing Palestinian prisoners as well. 150 Palestinian prisoners, also women and children, uh, is effectively three prisoners for every one civilian hostage that is being released. And hundreds of trucks of aid are expected to enter Gaza, much needed aid uh, at this hour. Now, I'm told that this uh, uh, deal was approved by an overwhelming majority of the cabinet, although I am told that Itamar Ben-Gvir, the national security minister, far-right uh, member of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's cabinet, uh, voted against the deal along with another minister uh, from his party. I also just spoke with Gal Hirsch, who is the special representative for hostage affairs for the prime minister, uh, and he told me that this is only the first phase of hostage uh, release. He really wanted to emphasize 
that point. And in fact, tonight, I'm told that he delivered a message directly to the families of those hostages to let them know that the government will do everything in its power to bring back all of the hostages beyond the first 50 who are expected to get out over these four days. But if uh, Hamas releases additional hostages, 10 hostages per day could earn them an additional day of truce for every 10 hostages, uh, and that could certainly materialize as we look forward to this. What's also important to keep in mind is that the Israeli prime minister and his government tonight making very clear that this pause in fighting is not a permanent ceasefire, and that in fact, they will resume their fighting against Hamas, they will continue their effort and continue to try and reach their objective of eradicating Hamas once this pause in fighting ends. All right, Jeremy Diamond, bringing us the latest. Thank you so much. Let's get more perspective now from Eyal Hulata, who has served as a national security advisor to past Israeli prime ministers and just got back from Israel. So you have fresh perspective here after having just been there talking to officials. What do you make of the cabinet's approval of this deal? Good evening, Pam. Uh, so first of all, it's been uh, a long deliberation in the, in the cabinet. And as expected, uh, they approved it. This uh, deal has been negotiated for weeks now. Um, Israel has insisted uh, that we get uh, a larger the largest group that, that we could and within this to have all of the children and women uh, and the mothers of those children uh, released together. Hamas tried to break that into groups uh, in previous weeks. So at this point, this is, uh, seems like this is going to happen. Of course, when, when it happens, we'll believe it because Hamas mm -hmm. has been uh, 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 playing with our emotions and psychological warfare throughout uh, uh, this time. Uh, and it has broken its promises many times before. So hopefully this will be the case. The cabinet approved it. Uh, and 24 hours, I, I assume, we'll start seeing uh, the hostages released. And 24 hours, you believe? Some Thursday. Thursday morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as part of this deal, it's going to include women and children. Do you know how many will still be held in captivity in Gaza, women and children, after the, these 50 are released? So w we believe that this should be the entire group of children, their mothers, and uh, uh, and the women. That Hamas They're, has, so all of the women yes, and children. Yes, I mean, we, we know who are taken. Uh, uh, Hamas has said that they will release all of them alive, which is something that we'll need to see uh, when it happens. Of course, there's also elderly, sick people, wounded, injured. There's, I mean, a total of 240 uh, uh, of hostages uh, uh, over there. The focus on, on women and children and the elderly first is, of course, because we want the, uh, the more uh, uh, weak people to come back home, the, the more fragile, and uh, uh, that's more important to bring them back. But this won't stop. As, as your correspondent says, Israel will continue the pressure on Hamas until we get back all of the hostages and until we eradicate Hamas from ruling Gaza. There's no future for Gaza as long as Hamas is still there uh, uh, controlling and, uh, and terrorizing its own people, not only us. Um, and we should also note, so the 50 is what is believed Hamas has under its control. But of course, there were other groups in Gaza holding hostages. And my understanding is that during this pause in fighting, Hamas will try to get those hostages back. And if there are women and children, perhaps yeah. they could be. Yeah, so Hamas, I mean, they try to make it as if they don't control all of it. And But, you know, Hamas is the ruler of Gaza. Uh, um, uh, uh, and they will be able, and I'm sure that they have already, taking them back. As you'll recall, uh, in the second week, uh, or just after the uh, beginning of the of the ground invasion, uh, we rescued one of, of the mm -hmm. captives, right, a, a, a female soldier, uh, because we knew where she was. She was held by, a, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, in an apartment somewhere in the north of Gaza. After that incident, Hamas grouped them uh, uh, together uh, to be in more control, because they're bargaining. 
there's a bargaining chip for them, as, as horrific as it, as it sounds. This is what they do. Uh, at this point, I think the IDF believes that uh, Hamas knows where they are and they're controlling them. Uh, uh, and hopefully, again, we'll start getting them uh, Thursday morning. Yeah, I mean, the hostages are, are really what's giving them they've, so much power. They've been for 45 days in tunnels. Just yeah. imagine their babies there, three months I can't, old. I can't. A newborn. There's probably a newborn. Hopefully, I mean, you know. It's part of this Well, no, release. this is part of it. And, and 45 days in tunnels, it's, it's just outrageous. Ayal Hulata, thank you so much. More reaction tonight to this approved deal with a cousin of two believed hostages, a husband and wife, one of them American. What's going through his mind tonight as he and so many others await word. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Back with our breaking news, the horror and dread for the families of those kidnapped by Hamas terrorists on October 7th is tonight making way for a new sliver of hope. The deal between Israel and Hamas just approved by Israel's cabinet, opening the door for dozens of hostages, including little children who could be back in their loved one's arms within the next 48 hours. Joining us now is Boaz Atsili, whose cousins Aviv and Liat are presumed to be held by Hamas after their home was burned to the ground. Thank you for coming on. I'm sure you're feeling so much emotion right now. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this new deal tonight to get these Israeli hostages? And are you concerned Liat could come back home and not Aviv? Yeah, it's it's really a, a swirl of emotions. Uh, like from what we know of the deal, it seems like uh, men are not included in it. So, so Aviv, my cousin, is likely to not be released uh, tonight or, or in the in the first wave. Uh, if Liat is uh, will be released, that will be great. And uh, but we don't know that. We don't know the names. We didn't get uh, a list of names or anything. Uh, as far as I know, the Israeli government doesn't know the name either. Uh, so we're really hoping, but you know, every every uh, hostages that release is is a uh, really good news for for the family, and in particular the the children. Um, I met last week with a. Uh, family of uh, Abigail, the little girl that I think you just uh, in, the, in the program and, and that kind of uh, heart-wrenching. So if they can go back, if they can go back to their families, that, that's a great start. I really want everybody to come back. Has the IDF or any Israeli official been in contact with you or your family? Uh, at least as uh, uh, as of a few minutes ago, I don't know that they have. No, uh, 
and uh, I'm not uh, like next of kin, so they will they will contact the parents or the or the uh, children. But uh, but as far as I know, uh, not yet. Tell us about who Aviv and Liat are for those that love them most. What would it mean to have them home again? So uh, Aviv and Liat are a wonderful couple. They are both 48-year-old. Um, they live in Kibbutz Niroz, which is close to the to the uh, Gaza Strip. And, and the Kibbutz, uh, as you probably know, was completely uh, taken over and, and destroyed on October 7. They are... Um, uh, Aviv is a mechanic. He's kind of uh, running the mechanic workshop of the of the kibbutz, uh, uh, fixing um, agricultural machinery, and he's also an artist. Uh, he takes like pieces of scrap metal or or a, a old machinery from the uh, from the workshop, and you can see this art right now. And he paints like a tiny miniature of uh, of fields of uh, tractors of uh, animals um we see it right here on the screen it's really interesting <laughs> canvas yeah uh, he just had his uh, first um, uh, uh exhibition in in a studio in tel aviv uh, that was ironically um uh, closed on the day on, on october 7. Mm. um uh, Liat is uh, also 49 years old. She's she's an American citizen. Uh, there's three kids are also American citizen. Uh, Liat is a high school teacher. She teaches history and and civics in the original high school, and she she's also an instructor in the uh, Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial uh, uh, Museum in in Israel. Uh, there. They love to travel. They love to have a, uh, uh, to have a good laugh. Uh, here in the picture, you can see them in uh, last August in New York when we last uh, met them. Uh, they came for uh, a trip to Yellowstone, uh, actually, and to visit family in, in Connecticut, in, in Oregon, in New York. Well, they're clearly a beautiful couple, and we appreciate you coming on to... Uh, reflect on them, and we are all thinking about you and your family as we await word on which hostages will be released as part of this initial deal we're learning about. Thank you so much, Boaz. Thank you, Pam. Well, there have been dozens of attacks on U.S. forces in the Middle East since this war broke out. The latest just last night in Iraq, where ballistic missiles were fired at an airbase. The Pentagon says the U.S. has launched precision strikes in response against Iran-backed militants there the threat of a wider war when we return. A sort of the breaking news tonight, Israel agreeing to a deal with Hamas to release hostages. That, as we learned, the U.S. military has taken retaliatory action in the Middle East. Officials tell CNN a U.S. aircraft fired on and killed hostile forces after Iranian-backed militants launched a ballistic missile attack on an airbase in Iraq. And tonight, the U.S. is confirming that it launched more precision airstrikes at two facilities used by Iran-backed groups. The Pentagon says American troops and allies in Iraq and Syria have been attacked more than 60 times since October 17th. 
Joining us tonight, retired Lieutenant General Mark Schwartz. He served as the U.S. Security Coordinator for Israel and the Palestinian Authority. All right, so we have a lot to get to. I want to start with this breaking news, though. Um, before the deal was reached, our reporting was that the negotiations um, included in the negotiations was talk about uh, suspending surveillance of drones over Gaza's airspace for part of each day. I think it was six hours. If that remains the case, how will that impact Israel's efforts to keep eyes on Hamas? Well, fortunately, uh, Pamela, the Israelis have a broad range of intelligence collection platforms. So it would be more difficult if they can't fly directly overhead to collect, but they also have um, intelligence surveillance platforms that can look outside of Gaza into, into Gaza and, and still collect. So more difficult, but certainly you know, not going to be a major issue for, for the Israelis. What about, though, that the posture that this puts um, the IDF in? Uh, you know, as these hostages are being released and there's a pause in finding, they're going to go into more of a defensive mode, right? They've, they've been on the offensive there. So what kind of risk, what kind of challenges does that present for the Israeli military? They certainly are going to be more vulnerable than if they are, you know, continuing their, their offensive, certainly. So they're going to have to take that into account. Um, I think they'll also have to reestablish their intelligence baseline after this pause, whether it's four or five uh, days or, or longer. Um, that's not unusual, and, and they certainly have the capability to do that. But, uh, you know, there, there is certainly risk because they, they're not, they don't, they're not going to be maintaining the initiative during this, this pause, obviously. So there's concern. But I would also say that, um, you know, the Israelis have dominated from the air, the ground, since they, they started their offensive. So I don't think it will take long for them to reestablish, uh, you know, the offensive and going after their tactical object objectives once uh, once the fighting resumes. All right, so let's broaden out a little bit and talk okay. about what's what else is going on um, in the region. Is there anything the U.S. can do to prevent these attacks by Iranian-backed groups? I mean, it seems as though these retaliatory strikes, they're not really acting as much of a deterrence because, as we noted, there have been 60 attacks since October, mm -hmm. mid-October. Yeah, there is more that can be done, and there's a range of options that are available to U.S. Central Command, um, and, and certainly you know, those discussions, I'm, I'm confident, are ongoing. Um, you're right, they haven't proved as a deterrent, and I think that if the attacks continue, that we will, we will also escalate, um, primarily in Iraq and primarily in, in Syria, probably not Iran. Certainly, we haven't hit that threshold yet from, from my assessment. But, of course, there is that concern, right, that mm -hmm. this is going to spill over into a broader conflict. The IDF and Hezbollah say they exchanged more fire across the Israel-Lebanon border yesterday. What do you think the U.S. can do to stop this conflict from escalating beyond Gaza and possibly into Lebanon? Well, we've had, uh, you know, we had Director Burns in, in the region, obviously, Director of CIA. So I, I'm sure there's a lot of discussions ongoing with uh both our allies in the region, so Saudi Arabia and others, and also probably directly with, uh, with our adversaries. So uh, I imagine there's a lot of behind-the-scenes dialogue and discussions about what the repercussions are going to be. Beyond that, um, I think demonstrating that we're not going to stand for attacks against U.S. forces and, and our allies and partners in the region, which we've done, um, and it hasn't stopped the attacks. But I think uh, every time that that happens, uh, I think they're the Iranians and their proxies are reassessing, you know, what, how, how high they want to escalate. So. All right. Lieutenant General Schwartz, thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. um, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you.
Coming up, new information about the Americans who could be part of this hostage release deal and some really interesting behind the scenes details on how this all went down. We'll be right back. And we are back with the breaking news, a deal with Hamas to release 50 hostages kidnapped on October 7th. And we have some new details coming in about the painstaking negotiations that transpired to get this deal approved on all sides. According to sources, a week ago, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu grabbed the arm of President Biden's Mideast advisor, Brett McGurk, as he walked out of a tense meeting of the Israeli cabinet saying, quote, we need this deal. And now we know a deal has been approved by the Israeli government. Joining us now is CNN White House correspondent Arlette Sines, who is traveling with President Biden and Nantucket. Arlette, what more can you tell us? Well, Pamela, President Biden and top officials of the administration have been working around the clock on these painstaking negotiations to try to secure the release of these hostages. President Biden earlier today having said that he believed that they were very close to that deal. And tonight they have, in fact, Israel has approved this deal uh, to move forward. Now, President Biden uh, is here now in Nantucket where he's spending the Thanksgiving holiday. We're still waiting to hear specifically from the White House that there will be any type of statement this evening. But it comes after President Biden had been personally engaged in these talks. That's according to senior administration officials. Since the beginning of this attack that Hamas had launched, launched against Israel, President Biden has repeatedly spoken to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And today, Netanyahu said that he had asked the president to get involved in these negotiations and said that the president himself had helped improve these talks. Now, in addition to speaking to Netanyahu, President Biden also spoke with the emir of Qatar twice last week and really pushed him uh, as Qatar had served as a main mediator in these talks. But this all comes as uh, people will be watching very closely to see how many Americans might be included in this deal. This deal is expected to include 50 women and children. Uh, it's possible, the U.S. says, that three Americans could be released, and that includes uh, that three-year-old uh, girl, Abigail Adan, some, someone that President Biden himself has talked about uh, in recent days. And the hope, uh, the administration says, is that this could also potentially pave the way for other releases down the road. But it's clear that this is welcome news for the White House, as President Biden had been quite hopeful that they would be able to get to this moment. It will take, uh, they say, about 24 hours to implement this deal. And that is a question of exactly when and, and how many Americans will be uh, included as part of this release. Yeah, right now the thinking is potentially as early as Thursday morning, but it's still fluid. So we're still waiting to find out more on that. Uh, Arlette Signs, thank you for bringing us the latest and thank you for joining us tonight. CNN Newsnight with Abby Phillips starts right now. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.